Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, the ultimate education show on the forefront of the burgeoning edtech revolution. Join us each week as we interview the most cutting-edge edtech companies, content creators, and curriculum developers across the planet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scale It Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. And today, we have something really interesting for you guys. And look, everybody knows that math is my thing. Math is something that I love. I love to teach it. Uh, I love to learn it. And I think it's super important. And today, we have a guest on who is talking about a program that is all about STEAM and inspiring kids in their pursuits within STEAM. So it's really, really cool. And today we have on Alicia McIntyre, who is, the, who is the head of program development at Lego Education. So this is super cool. Lego is something that I played with all the time when I was growing up. And in particular today, we are talking about uh, First Lego League Junior Discovery, which is a playful introductory STEAM program for children ages four through six that ignites their natural curiosity and builds their habits of learning in a fun, engaging, and team atmosphere. So without further ado, Alicia, welcome to the show. Thank you. So Alicia, as we, as we jump into, before we jump into the specifics, tell us just a little bit about the background of the Discovery Program, how it began, what inspired it, all that. Sure, yeah. So the First Lego League Junior Discovery Program is actually the third program in a group of three uh, First and Lego partnered programs. And First is actually a nonprofit based in New Hampshire. Um, and their whole goal is to inspire kids um, to um, learn about STEM and to go down, you know, a path of STEM or at least explore um, those types of careers. And, um, of course, Lego and Lego Education, we have a really strong um, mission for to, you know, build the kids of tomorrow, right? So to help them really um, become confident in STEM and STEM learning. So we've actually had a partnership together with FIRST for over 20 years now uh, running these types of programs. So we have one for the older kids, which is called FIRST Lego League, which is 9 to 16-year-olds, and they build uh, a Lego robot out of Lego Mindstorms, and they solve missions, you know, every year with a special challenge in in a team. And then we have um, a FIRST Lego League Junior program, which is for kids ages 6 to 10 years old, where they're using the Lego Education We Do set. So they're also building and programming, you know, their solution to a real-world problem. And again, that problem changes every year. Um, But about two and a half, three years ago, um, we actually really started looking at the early years um, and and early education. And actually, it started when we, together, myself, together with FIRST, we were at this conference um, uh, run uh, in D.C. on early childhood STEM. And, um, of course, we have a history with it, but as we were sitting there and hearing the experts talk about what early childhood STEM meant and what the research is in it, you know, we sort of said, you know, we should be in this space because it's so impactful and so important on kids. And if our, inspire, if our mission, sorry, is to inspire kids, um, we really can start from an early age. And we, and we know we have the formula from the older programs, 
um, which we know is really working. And then we also have some really strong um, tools from Lego Education for early years um, that we can mix with that and we can come up with a program. So we started running with it together with the Lego Foundation, actually, who um, has also been focused a lot on early years in the past. And we came up with what is First Lego League Junior Discovery Edition. And last year, or last school year, sorry, we went out and piloted it together with the Lego Foundation in the U.S., Mexico, and the U.K., uh, and also Korea, sorry, um, with just amazing uh, results. Uh, we also, um, together with the Foundation, we built a... Um, uh, academic advisory board to work with us to make sure that the program was really actually suited for kids ages four to six uh, years old. And so we went out, we piloted, we actually ended up with over a thousand teams <laughs> the pilot year wow. um, around the globe. Uh, so this year we are launching it and it's out there and we're already seeing just really incredible stories and results um, uh, from the program and what it's doing for the kids in terms of building their confidence um, in all, in all the STEAM subjects um, in, in places that uh, maybe kids would never have been exposed to things like this before. That's, that's incredible. A thousand teams. Now, there's a couple questions that, that have popped into my head. The first thing I want to know, so you mentioned about the research. And I think, first of all, that's incredible. It's so incredible, the, the age range of four to six. Because mm -hmm. I, I know working in, in uh, education, I've worked in elementary schools and worked with a lot of kids uh, around that age range. I, I know it's an incredible time to inspire kids for STEAM and for mathematics in particular. Tell us, what did the research say at these yeah. conferences in particular about that age range that inspired you? Yeah, so actually, um, math is a great example, right? And, and I'm sure, you know, obviously, you know this as well, but um, a lot of times kids are taught to memorize the numbers, right? So, um, or, and maybe just unknowingly we do it. You know, I have a five-year-old son, right? And I'm always looking to like, how high can he get with his numbers? Um, but the question is, you know, what does it actually mean to them? And so when you're using something, you know, like Lego or any other type of physical product, and when they're, they're doing it in a playful way, actually when kids that age are playing, they're exploring their world, right? And so they're, they're learning things. So, you know, when they stack up two bricks and they're saying it's one, two, you know, they understand the meaning of two much more than just memorizing the numbers one, two, right? And so you can see it in a lot of kids where they're able to do, I mean, kids when they're playing are actually doing quite a bit of math, for example, um, and quite a bit of engineering and exploring and, and iteration if we just let them do, you know, hands-on hands -on play. And that's what all the research shows is that the, those, like, those concepts are, are embedded much stronger um, in them when they're, when they're doing it through playful, you know, hands-on experiences. And then on top of that, what the research shows, and this isn't just for early years, this is, you know, throughout education, is that when you have an adult um, supporting the kids, that they get much further, right? So it's not just about letting the kids, you know, go build a, a pretend tree house in the backyard together or whatever. It's about an adult, you know, guiding them through it so they really start understanding how much further um, they can get. So discovery is based on those principles. Um, what's also really exciting is that, um, and this is some research that came out with the National Science Foundation as well, um, together with somebody who's sitting on our advisory board, is that when kids do these, you know, group um, hands-on STEM programs, it also really increases their literacy abilities as well, which is really exciting. So um, I wouldn't say it's a side benefit of the program because it's a really good benefit, but it's really uh, great to see that, and especially in a program like ours. So all of our first Lego League programs, from the youngest to the oldest, are all team-based, 
right? So it's kind of like we want them to have that feeling of being on a sports team, you know, where they're working together, a little bit under pressure together, solving challenges together because they're going to get, you know, all those other, you know, really important skills. So for the four to six-year-olds, once we get them working on the team, like they do in this program, um, in teams of three or four kids, they'll really start communicating with each other. And that's where we see that literacy popping up. I was at a, um, I was at one of our testing sites in, in the UK last year, and it was just incredible. There were these five-year-olds, these, these groups of five-year-olds um, building and designing their moon base. Last year, it was about, the theme was about space. And so they were building their moon bases and they were, and we had them thinking about challenges and you could, they were talking to each other like, Oh, you know, I need to move this gear over on this side of my moon base. So the Rover can reach the other side and just using terminology and communicating with each other that again, maybe they wouldn't normally do in that kind of setting. So again, all the research is showing us that, that hands-on playful STEM experiences uh, have a really great impact on the kids and just their general habits of learning, which is, what you mentioned at the beginning about the program, that's the term that we're really using is, you know, it's, it's setting them up to be able to be stronger learners throughout the rest of their time in school and, and beyond. I think that makes a lot of sense. And obviously we're talking about when you, when you mentioned the analogy or the idea of counting using the Legos and using them as manipulatives, I think that's incredible. And, and a lot of times the beauty of that is, at least within the field of mathematics, is you're learning almost without even realizing in a way because you're playing. And, that, and I think that can be right. so powerful. Now, you mentioned also that in these competitions, you talked about the moon base here. And, and I know that you mentioned the idea of real world problems. Can you tell us about some of these real world problems or things, you know, the general topics that kids are usually asked to tackle and how those are chosen. Sure. Yeah. So we actually have a new challenge every year um, to keep, you know, the kids engaged and also the, you know, the teachers engaged. Um, so, um, and they're all real world challenges. So we want to, we don't want to do something too abstract because we want the kids to walk away from the program feeling confident that they can look at the world around them and go out and come up with innovative ideas or new ideas to make it better. So we really want to empower them. So, for example, a couple of years ago we had, um, it was a year about animal allies, which all the, all the kids loved, <laughs> the animals, um, but it was about um, human-animal interaction and what we can, you know, do um, to, to better that. Uh, then we also had a year about water, um, and it was actually not about necessarily about saving water or something that was about the, the water process or the engineering process behind getting the water that we use. Um, and then uh, this past year was about space. And again, we were focusing on the moon for the younger kids, one, because it's something they can see, which makes it more tangible, but two, because all the experts uh, or sorry, a large group of the experts say that we need to go to the moon before we can explore Mars. You know, we need to live there and create things from there. So, um, again, all these challenges are built um, from conversations that we have with experts, and then the kids get to meet these experts virtually through the program as well. And hopefully they can see um, some cool careers that they could pursue as well one day. Um, I think when we were doing the space season, we had astrogeologists um, on our team. So these are people that look at geology and space. I didn't know that was a job, <laughs> and it sounds really fun. So, you know, again, hopefully we can expose kids to, to some of those. And then this year... Um, that we just launched the architecture theme. So it's about how kids can look at the community around them 
and learn what people need and then design um, a new part of their neighborhood or city or community to meet those needs. So that's what we're going to be doing also in the, in the discovery program for the four to six year olds. So they're going to learn about, you know, different kinds of buildings that are needed um, in a city and who they serve. And then they're also going to have to think about accessibility. Like, you know, what if some kid can't use the stairs to get up because he's in a wheelchair or, you know, various other things. Um, and we'll have them, uh, design um, buildings uh, based based on all those different concepts. And it is really cool because we see the kids can go much further than sometimes we think they can, um, and they really can understand concepts, you know, like that, like architecture and, and, and you know, making it accessible for everybody. Absolutely. I, like, I, I can see that what you guys are doing is you're weaving in themes that are obviously super relevant to the further success of humankind and then also being conscientious about others. So I think that's so great. Now, if parents are listening to, to this and they say, well, okay, well, I got a kid who is between those ages and mm-hmm. they want to, I want them to participate. What's the process? How do they get involved? Sure. So, um, most of our teams are actually done through now through schools or after school programs, um, or organizations like Girl Scouts. So really the best way is to um, contact your school um, or, again, you know, a scout troop or something like that. And if they don't have a team um, or aren't doing it in school, then you can reach out to FIRST, um, and they'll help uh, find your local partner and somebody that, that can help support you in reaching out and getting a team started. So, um, and, I, again, the, the website for, for FIRST is firstinspires.org. And globally, we have this program operating, um, or our programs in general, operating in about 104 different countries. And we have uh, local uh, partners in each one of those company, uh, countries sorry, helping us run it. But all that information is on the FIRST website. So um, somebody can go there and figure out who, who is in their region and, and who can help them get it started. Is there, is there a timeline or a deadline? Like, for example, is, is, it, is it too late or do parents – for this year, or do parents still have plenty of time? How does, how does that work? Plenty of time. So our seasons run uh, a school year. Um, and the way that uh, First Lady League Junior Discovery works is that we've set up about 10 sessions for – 10 one-hour sessions uh, for a teacher or a coach um, to follow as they, as they go through the program. Of course – they're more than welcome to spend much more time on that if they want to. Um, so, you know, you're really talking uh, a couple of months or, or less to complete the program and have your end event at the, at the end of the season. So there's still plenty of time to do it. Um, we'll keep registration open throughout, throughout the year so that, you know, a, a school can start whenever they want and even potentially, you know, use the same sets to run it multiple times in multiple classes, which is also really great. So it can, it can reach as many kids as possible throughout the school. Um, just along those lines, I did want to mention, um, because uh, oftentimes when we talk about early childhood STEM, you know, people say, uh, that sounds great, but, you know, how do I do it? Um, so when a class or a school or organization does register, you do get the Lego sets that you need. So um, you do get the Lego Education Steam Park set, which is this really cool set of Duplo that has gears and pulleys and slides and regular Lego bricks in it. But we also have this annual discovery set that they get. With um, So this year there's a bridge in it, which is going to get them thinking about architecture. Um, but then you also get a team meeting guide, which is for the teacher or the coach, which just shows you how to run the session, each one-hour session. So 
Um, you don't have to worry about it. If you want to get started, you can just open our guide and we'll show you what to do uh, with the class to at least spark your ideas for how, for how to work with them. And, you know, we know some people need it more than others. So it's just, you know, you know, to guide them through it. And then we um, give each kid an engineering notebook where they're going to record their ideas along the way and the iterations of their ideas as well. I mean, mostly through drawings, of course, um, but the teacher can also use that as a tool to help them document what they're learning. So that's the package that you get when you register. Now, you mentioned the importance of the, of collaboration and working together. In terms of setting up the teams, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I know what a student would say who, who would join. Mm-hmm. Can, they, can they choose their collaborators and their teams, or, or is that – how how does that work? <laughs> so each teacher does it differently. Um, the way we've built the program is to be more of like a classroom implementation. So if you had 24 kids, you're really talking about six or seven teams of kids within the class. Um, and again, that looks different if you're in an after school or a program or something like that. Um, and some teachers choose the kids in each team and some teachers let them choose on their own. It's really, yeah, it's really up to the, up to the teacher. I mean, again, teamwork for kids this age looks very different, right? So it is more about the communicating and the sharing and the learning to work together. And so far what we've actually heard is those first about four times that the teams are working together. It's not so easy. (laughs) You still see like a lot of individual play and build, um, so it really does take a, a few times for them to get into it. But once they, they are into it, then they're really doing uh, really great teamwork. But that's a really good question. We get asked that a lot about teams at this age. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I think this is so cool. And look, this show, what is it all about? It's all about the EdTech revolution. And, and at the heart of the EdTech revolution, ed tech revolution, I mean, there's a couple things. But I always say it's all about access and fun uh, in, in, at its heart. And I think that this is exactly what you guys are doing. You're on the forefront of both of those elements. But in particular, the fun aspect, we're weaving in a tool that mm-hmm. everybody loves, all kids love. I still love Legos. So I think that's so incredible. If, if, if people are listening, I know you gave that website before, but if people want to get more information or they want to reach out to somebody on your team, how, how do you suggest they do that? And, and if you could give that URL one more time. Sure. They should just go to firstinspires.org. And first inspires is one word. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alicia, for joining us. Guys, if you missed that URL, well, it's a podcast, so you can rewind. But it will also be in the show notes, and you can check out the show notes at scalerlearning.com. Just go to the podcast section. And, guys, make sure to always check out our YouTube channel. We've got tons of content uploaded all the time, a lot of SAT, ACT math content, even IC math content. So make sure to check in for those. we got a new math music video dropping anytime on Synthetic Division. Uh, Alicia, once again, thank you so much. And, guys, thank you so much for joining. And I'll see you all next time. Take it easy. Skinner, learning.